Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 6. More important even than love and your behavior toward others are your respect and loyalty. In love there may be attachment or desire, but in respect and loyalty there is only self-giving. That's a really, really beautiful and really, really important statement. And we just have to sort of uh, all I can recommend is that one read that over and over and over again. Um, especially in close relationships, you know, family relationships between parents and children, uh, between uh, life partners, it can get very mixed up, especially the part about respect. Because we have desire, and desire is often you know, based on attachment, you need to be a certain way, I need you to be a certain way for me to be happy. Also, a lot of times, a lot of fear can get involved. I was talking to a friend of mine at the time, he was about 18, and he was talking about his mother, who was a friend of mine, and uh, very devoted to her son, but I had generational friendships on both sides. And uh, he was saying that when I make plans or plan to do something, he was just talking about this. He said, what my mother doesn't understand is that many of the things that she thinks are going to go wrong with my plans, he said, will go wrong. It's not that I have it all together and that it's going to work out. Much of the time, what she's worried about is actually going to happen. But what she doesn't understand, he said, is that I have the energy, the creativity, and the sense of fun that makes the experience for me completely different. And I really thought, isn't that interesting? You know, a lot of times when, and this I'm thinking of parents to children, parents are always trying to protect their children from this might go wrong and that might go wrong, trying to persuade their children that they're really in jeopardy. And oftentimes the children really are in jeopardy. I'm not talking about really life-threatening or life-ruining experiences, but just adventures. They are going to run out of gas. You know, they don't have a spare. Um, they are going to find themselves out in the woods without enough food. You know, it's just like all of these things will happen. But whereas the parent, at the stage of life that he or she is in, this is for them a big obstacle. For a young person, it's just one more adventure. I remember that the point I realized that my parents' complete lack of spontaneity was because they were parents of three children. <laughs> and that I was criticizing them for not being as wild and free as I wanted to be. But the reason they weren't was because of me and my brother and sister. And I just realized how terribly unfair that was. But, you know, we're just at completely different stages of life. So when we love someone, when love is the only thing we're thinking about, our attachments and our fears and our desires for things to turn out in a certain way, or very often 
what I need from you just can just so twist things up. Even if we mean well, it can just twist things up. I mean, I'm sure you've had as many experiences as I have where your emotions just run away from you and you say and do things that afterwards you can't imagine why you did it. But one is driven by desire, one is driven by attachment, then desire is thwarted, then fear of loss comes in, then anger comes in. So this is why Swamiji is saying, in our relationships, especially our closest relationships, we have to cultivate a lot of respect. I had the experience, as I've mentioned many times on this, of having a long friendship with Swami Kriyananda. Always, even though I was very relaxed in his company, we, we talked easily and laughed a lot and, and made jokes. And at one time I remember he was teasing me about something and I petulantly, but, but part of the teasing, oh, sir, I said, and I always called him sir, which just gives you an idea, even though we were this way. Oh, sir, I said, you're making fun of me. And then Swamiji got very sort of dramatically over-serious, as he would do sometimes. And he looked very, like, thoughtful, and he said, I'm not actually making fun of you. I'm just taking advantage of the fun which is already present. (laughs) And that became afterwards sort of how we'd make this fine distinction, you know, whenever there was some kind of joking going on. But having said all that, because of the tremendous regard in which I held him, and from my first meeting with him until the present moment, but when he was in the body and we were interacting, I mentioned that I just always called him sir, even no matter what, I just did. And even, you know, when I was 55 and 65 years old, it was just the way I felt. So I I always treated him with respect. I was never over-familiar. And I never made the mistake that I have seen happen when people know each other very well, especially when they live together. And this is the only way I can think to say it. You begin to think of the other person as an extension of your own mind. And you're you're no longer aware of the fact that this person has a complete independent destiny. That even though they're sharing this incarnation with you, maybe in a very intimate way, maybe it's the very child you gave birth to, this is a complete a divine entity unto, unto itself that has a long experience before you were ever on the scene and will have a long experience afterwards. And this is just a moment in time. This person does not belong to me, even if I gave birth to it. And it, it stands alone and has its own destiny. Okay? And with Swami Kriyananda, because respect was inherent, I behaved well all the time. I mean, I had better and worse days, but that respect was so fundamental. What it showed me is how you behave if you really, really respect someone. I mean, just just as simple as that. This is what a respectful relationship looks like. And many times over the years, I've corrected myself and helped to correct other people when we were all had friendships with with Swamiji by asking would you ever would you ever talk like that to Swami 
Would you ever behave like that with Swamiji? The answer always was no. So then why are you doing it to anyone else? I mean, you can say, well, because there's no one else like him, but it's oneself. If this, if this, is, if this is how relationships would be in the ideal, and again, I have to add to that, there was no inhibition. There was no feeling that I couldn't speak my mind, that I couldn't disagree, that I couldn't have strong opinions, which I did, and I articulated always, but always with respect. Sister Gyanamata, uh, the most advanced woman disciple of Paramhansa Yogananda, when giving advice to her gurubhais, to her sister disciples. Now, Master was in the body then, and he was with them. She said, you can say anything at all to Master, as long as you say it with detachment and respect. And those are very interesting words. She was talking in a very specific situation, but think about it. Because if you think about any relationship where it goes gablooey, you know, and everything suddenly just begins to fall into pieces, there's always a perception that either I was trying to force something on you, I wanted it to be a certain way. In other words, I'm not actually seeking truth. I'm attached to a certain result and I want you to conform to what I want. And I don't respect you to really have the intelligence or the wherewithal to figure it out for yourself. So I need to come in and run your life. You become an extension of my own mind. And I want to mold you according to my ideas. Now, that doesn't mean you can't say or hope for or ask for exactly the same things. It's all about the energy flow. I I think in other one of these... um, days of the month on this, I, I mentioned something that my brother and I developed because of who we both were, and that was we had a key word, and that word was skid, because whenever our interaction was skidding out of control, which is to say that the energy was beginning to slip away from, we didn't use these words, but these were the words, detachment and respect. All of a sudden, he's trying to force me, and I'm trying to force him, and I think I get afraid and think it has to be a certain way. He gets mad at being bullied. The energy is skidding out of control. So either one of us could just say skid, and it would put us both into absolute silence. Then, because we were goofy and we were brothers and sister and grew up together, you know, if you've been in the same bathtub with someone, you have a different relationship with them. (laughs) But then both of us would would go into these elaborate pantomimes, you know, just to sort of pass the time and also to lighten the energy. But what would always lighten the energy was when we would both come back to respect. Well, what do you really think? When a friend of mine um, accidentally discovered, accidentally because her son didn't tell her, that her college-age son uh, had decided that he was gay... She found out by reading his diary, which was not such a good thing, but once she'd done it, there she knew. Then she she came to me, and I think I've told this story too here, but it's an important one. You know, what do I do? I said, well, the fundamental thing is, you know absolutely nothing about this. You know, she'd been a, a straight lady her whole life, and just had not ever lived in a world with gay people. So I said, your son is the expert on this, not you. So you should sit down to him as if you were sitting next to a stranger on an airplane who suddenly presents to you 
well, you know, perhaps the issue of being gay. Maybe somehow it comes out that this man is gay. And you would genuinely ask him, tell me about that. You know, what does it feel like? What's your life? How do you see your life unfolding? You wouldn't have any trouble asking a stranger those questions. With your own son, there'll be fear, there'll be attachment, there'll be desire for this and desire for that. You would treat, and and she knew it, you would treat the stranger on the plane on the same subject better than you would treat your own son. And to her wonderful credit, I mean, because she knew all that was true and she really wanted this to come out right, I don't know how the conversation was catalyzed, but it, somehow it happened. She, she did exactly what I suggested. She pretended that her son was a stranger. <laughs> and, and afterwards, he just he, he couldn't thank her enough. He'd never imagined that the conversation would go so well because she respected him. And she didn't demand anything of him. She, she was a truth seeker. She just wanted to know, what, what's your reality? You know, what's your destiny? Talk to me about your destiny. I'm your mother. I want to share your destiny. I don't, I don't own you. You're not an extension of my own mind. And then he also uses the word loyalty, which, of course, is what we talked about yesterday as well. Loyalty. And loyalty means that I really... I really want to be your friend. You know, even if I'm your wife or your daughter or your mother, whatever else I might be, what I really want to be is I want to be your friend. And I want to be loyal to your welfare. I don't want to just be loyal to my idea of what your welfare should be, or even worse, just loyal to my welfare. Respect someone as being their own divine entity, and be loyal to their welfare. And then Swami just says it so perfectly. Then you see you're concentrating on giving. And when, you, when, you, when you're giving, first of all, one's own energy stays in balance. And what a joy it is. Isn't it a joy in our life to have people who really feel that way? I, I often suggest to people who are, I said, it's very important if you possibly can to find someone, and hopefully more than one someone, who, whose impersonal wisdom, respect, and love for you, you can trust. And sometimes, thank God, it is your mother, you know, or somebody who's very close to you. But just have someone in your life who you know, who, whose first idea is about you, not about themselves. And when you can become that person, uh, life becomes very rich indeed. So, more important even than love in your behavior toward others are your respect and loyalty. In love, there may be attachment or desire, but in respect and loyalty, there is only self-giving. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.